Hello everyone, my name is Natalie Ledwell and this is The Inspiration Show. Uh, today we have a live version of the show. Um, I have a very special guest joining me tonight uh, who has an extremely interesting story. Um, one that I actually have a lot of parallels with when it comes to you know families being you know merged together uh, when we were when we we're young and um, and then the interesting lessons that we learn going through uh, our childhood trials and tribulations and how we can actually you know expand and grow as a human being as a result of those things. So um, I would like to welcome to the show Mr. Tom North. How are you, Tom? I'm well, Natalie. Thank you for inviting me on your show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Now, why don't we start with this really interesting story because your family is actually quite famous here in the U.S. Well, yes, a little background uh, for people who are in the chat here is that in 1960, a woman named Helen North, who had eight children and was a widow, married a man named Frank Beardsley, who was a widower with ten children. Now, when we add 8 and 10, that equals ridiculous. But that's exactly what they did. And the story was carried in the media of the day. Lucille Ball saw the story in the newspapers and called my mother and stepfather and said, I'd like to make a movie about the bringing together the merger of these two large families. And so she did. And it was a very funny because we're talking about Lucille Ball here and so it was funny and it was heartwarming and it was very entertaining. It was also the fourth highest grossing film of 1968 so it was critically and financially successful but it was the farthest thing from the truth. Right. You know, it's uh, we were talking before about how, um, you know, especially, I don't even if it's like back in the day, but it's all about keeping up appearances. I suppose like, we're like this even now, where it's really important that the outside world sees us as this perfect family or this, you know, this perfect couple, but really underneath things aren't going so well. So what was the real story behind what was happening in your family? Well, the real story was that Frank Beardsley was psychotic and he was dangerous to be around. When my mother met his children, and this is something she shared with me later in life, is that when she met his, her, his children, she said she saw ten children living in terror for their lives. She was afraid he was going to kill them. So she figured that the best way to save the children and to save Frank from himself was to marry him, and then she could control the situation. Well, that was a bit of hubris on her part. And what she did is she took her eight children into a dangerous environment and she lost control of it. And that was the reality. So what happened is the contrast between the real very dangerous environment and the fantasy of yours, mine, and ours, which we children had to promote to the public was crazy making for the children. Yeah, I, I can only just imagine. Um, and the thing is, you know, what you bring up is a really good point there is that, uh, that you know, your mother thought she was doing the right thing. Um, but, uh, you know, unfortunately that didn't work out. Um, so, so what was it like 
um, I just can't imagine being in a household with 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 eighteen children. Like, uh, tell me a little bit about um, you know what daily life was like, um, and you know, and what that was, you know, how that shaped you as a human being growing up. So, actually, one of the things that the movie Yours, Mine, and Ours did get correctly is the logistics of raising such a large family. And so there's a tremendous amount of attention put on food and clothing and school and all of those daily activities that, are, that we all experience and are so important. However, what the, the film didn't capture is the human interaction on a real level. There are not, as I, and I write about this in my book, which is True North, The Shocking Truth About Yours, Mine, and Ours, is that there are not eyes enough to see or ears enough to hear all of the needs and, and requirements for what became 20 children. Right. And so um, how does that affect you growing up? And, and what were some of the things that you see play out with your, some of your siblings? Well, I escaped what was a very uncomfortable situation into nature. And so I went to the beach. I went to the river that was near our home. I went to the, the woods and, and the mountains to escape and to be in a more natural environment and help me to ground in something that was a little bit more sane than the domestic environment. Right, and um, and I know that. Uh, so you, so how long did you stay there? Like, okay, out of the eighteen, where in the eighteen did you fall? Were you part of the elder group or the youngest group? You know, of my mother's eight children, I was number four, and of the twenty, I was number eleven. So I was in the middle in both sets of circumstances. Right, and sometimes being in the middle means that you can be a little invisible as well. Um, I like to say I got to see them coming and going. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and it, like you were saying, it, it actually gives you a unique perspective as well. So, um, so how long, how old were you when you left home? Well, I, I met Frank when I was seven years old. Uh, my father was killed in a Navy jet crash when I was six. And within 15 months, my mother was married to Frank Beardsley. And the moment I met him, I knew we were in trouble. Right. And so how long were you there before you got to, to leave the household? And I was there for 11 years. So I left the house just before my 18th birthday, as soon as I graduated from, from high school. Okay. And so um, I know that uh, we, we alluded before to the fact that you've, that you've written a book. Tell us a little bit about the book and the motivation behind writing it. Well, the book is, is, of course, called True North, The Shocking Truth About Yours, Mine, and Ours. And it was simply a response to, uh, to conversational uh, influences where I was talking with people about the story, and it seemed to help them. And so I, I wrote the book with that in mind. And the amazing thing is, is that so many people have come back to me having read the book and said, you know, I've read your book and this is what it meant to me. Because what do people think about? They think about what's important in their own lives. And 
they reflect upon certain aspects of the story that are important to them and that's that's the beauty of the story is it's 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 flexibility i guess you'd say and it's an application to so many different sets of life circumstances yeah it's like with most books that we read it depends on the the time of life or the environment or the circumstances that we were in at the time, we can read the same book 50 times and get something different out of it every single time. Um, so what are some of the lessons that you, you know, felt that you wanted to impart when you wrote the book? Well, the, the most important message of the book is that life isn't fair for most of us. And in spite of that, we can take the broken pieces of a life and put them back together again and become happy, well-adjusted human beings. And that's really the message of the book. It doesn't matter how difficult your life circumstances were when you were children. Uh, there, are, there are resources that are available to people. There's a resource guide in the back of the book which is fairly inclusive where people can go and find resources to help them uh, help themselves. Absolutely. And the thing is, we all have a story. I mean, we all have had a childhood and we've all, you know, experienced different things, um, but it's just how we choose to move forward in life and how long we allow these uh, things to hold us back and sabotage us from, you know, from success or whatever that is. So I'm sure that you've um, heard several stories or many stories back from people that have read the book. Can you share something with us that someone, you know, a story that someone shared with you that's really, you know, from reading your book, you really got to help them? You know, the most, the most uh, touching story that I've been shared was that uh, a woman came to me and she had read the book and she said, you know, she said, I've struggled with my emotions around my childhood my entire adult life and finally you've given me a voice I never had. That Fantastic. was compelling. Yeah, that's wonderful. So um, so how is your relationship with uh, your siblings and your parents and everything now? What, what does the family look like now? Well, both of my, both my mother and stepfather have passed away, and uh, there are, but all of the children, all of my siblings are still alive, and there are four of them who are very grateful that I wrote the book, and very happy that I wrote the book. Uh, there are 15 of them who are unhappy that I wrote the book and um, are, are not pleased with their brother Tom at all. Right. <laughs> well, that's not great. <laughs> um, so, um, okay, so, and I know that uh, you were, we were talking before about the fact that uh, you actually got um, family into like a group a counseling session, which is where a lot of this is, is was able to unfold. So, um, did, was all the family involved in that? And you know, what were the kind of the insights that came out of these counseling sessions? So, what happened? It's really very interesting, and that's chapters twenty six and twenty seven in the book. And what happened is, my brother approached me and said, "Would you help me put together a family therapy session? Because I'm a mess, and three therapists have told me." that my, my issues arose in a family context and must be dealt with in a family context, so please help me put together this family therapy session. And I said, can you imagine the scale of what you're attempting to suggest here? And he said, are you going to help me or not? And I said, I wouldn't miss this for the world. 
And so uh, we put it together, and, and on the first Saturday, there were eight of us who showed up, and we went 10 hours on Saturday and 10 hours on Sunday, and it was so wonderful. It was very productive, and we decided to do it again, and we set another date for the following month, and this time 14 came. And we went for 10 hours on Saturday and 10 hours on Sunday. And it was so productive that we decided to do it again. And so in the third month, all the 14 still, uh, still showed up. But then my mother came to that one, to that Saturday. And it was so productive for her that she said, Tomorrow I'm bringing Frank. He needs to participate in this. And he came. And it was nothing short of epic in its proportions. That's amazing and fantastic that you actually got to, to uh, have a voice and work through that while your parents you know, could still share in that experience. Yes, so, yes. So if there is one piece of information or something that you, like a message that you'd really like to impart on people that maybe feel like you know, the circumstances of their childhood um, have sabotaged or are holding them back in some way, you know, what, what piece of information or what piece of wisdom can you share with them? One of the things that I talk about in public speaking engagements when I, when I present is that the issues around, around domestic violence and child abuse are so pervasive in our society and they leave a very large portion of our population feeling isolated, feeling shameful and guilty that like they did something wrong in their childhood and it's just not true. It's just not true, and, uh, and there are things that we can do to recognize that we are not alone, and, and we, there are things that we can do to put the broken pieces of our lives back together again and become happy, healthy, productive human beings. Right. Sorry, and you cover some of these things in the book? And there is a resource guide at the end of the book, which will right. help people find out what's appropriate for them. Wonderful. So um, if we want to send people somewhere to find out more about you, Tom, um, and to get their hands on the book, where can we send them? So the book is available at Amazon. It's available basically wherever books are sold. But it's also available on my website, which is truenorthbytomnorth.com. And if you buy the book on the website, we will send you a signed copy, and in addition to that, 10% of the proceeds of sale will go to an organization called CASA, which is Court Appointed Special Advocates for Children. It's a wonderful nationwide organization that helps children who find themselves in the foster care uh, environment and advocates for these children who need help as a result of domestic violence and child abuse. Wonderful. That's so awesome. Tom, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Natalie, thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you so much. Um, now, guys, I encourage you to share this video. Now, you can do that by clicking the Facebook in the Twitter share buttons on this page. Um, also, download the app if you haven't done so already, so you can watch the shows on the go. And make sure that you leave your email in the box on this page so I can send you the Manifesting with the Masters video e-course. It's actually valued at $87 and I'd love to send it to you for free. 
So until next time, remember to live large, choose courageously and love without limits. We'll see you soon.